Episode 3 Wisdom You'll forgive me if everything I've told you so far seems like a distraction, a diversion. If you wanted magic in your life as much as I did, you'll allow me to set the scene properly before I write down the contents of Mother's books. I want you to know that I'm neither bonkers nor a fraud. In fact, I'm a very logical, practical person. And that's how my first mistake got made. I could have reached the source much sooner, but in my rush, I thought I already knew the way there. My own way, of course. Just as you want to get on with making magic. Wait. Read. Learn from my mistake. I can admit it now, although I don't really want to. I have to. Actually, the full confession can wait a little longer. I just want you to know that magic didn't make me perfect. Far from it. The first thing it did was show me all my flaws. As it did with me. So it will with you. Some people falter on their way to the source at this first hurdle. Learn from my mistake. You will make your own way there. But it doesn't matter how you get there. The journey will be unique to you. It's the journey that counts here. Besides, I'm sure you are much more interested in whether Mother's magic worked for me. Did it work for me? It did. Oh boy, did it work. My life turned around completely. I got exactly what I wanted. No catches, no payback, no unpleasant surprises waiting to bite me on the bum. Actually, there was one. And that was completely my own fault. I will admit to it. As I said, I have no choice. So, what did I do with the knowledge Mother has passed on to me in her writings? Mother had by now closed off all access to her, and I was alone with the words. There was no thunder and lightning when I opened them to read, only the sound of her voice as she relayed the magic to me. Magic lay spread out before me like a map where to go, how to get there, what to do first. I found myself starting to get excited. If what Mother had laid down on these pages was true, I could make myself into a rich, fulfilled woman with the life I wanted and the love I craved. This much I hadn't admitted to, even to Mother. I wanted a man in my life, a true life partner, deep down in a secret mills and moon corner of my heart. I wanted the full package, thank you very much. Most of all, I wanted my other half. It was incredible to me that I'd managed to cling on to that romantic image even through one failed marriage and a life in the most cynical of cities, London. What did I do first? I bought myself a brand new moleskin to write in. This would be my story now. 
I'd put down exactly what I'd done and how I had done it. I would make the first step towards the magic by writing it down, giving the words a life of their own so that they could be free to find other words to make the magic happen. And this is what I wrote. I want a muse house in central London. I want a house in the countryside in France. I want a marriage to a good man who loves me for what I am. I want a partner who's interesting as a person. I want financial freedom. I want a two-book deal with a major publisher. I want a series on primetime TV. I want a successful training company. I want my health back. I want an inner life. I want to get involved in charity work. I want to be excited every day. I want more free time. I want genuine friends. I want to get involved in medical research. And I want all of this in the next two years. I want, I want, I want. I was starting to scare myself. All those things I'd written down. Bearing in mind, let me just tell you where I was. I was in negative equity in my fiendishly expensive central London apartment, which had Legionnaire's disease in the plumbing and a short lease with no possibility of an extension. I had no savings. I had a job that ground me down and left me no time for life. I had no partner, no friends, and I had no time for either. I'd got no contacts in the media world. I'd never published or gone anywhere near TV before. Who the hell did I think I was kidding? I read through the list again. There was nothing I wanted to cut out of it. I wanted it all. If Mother's Magic was real, then everything on that list was going to happen. I went back to her writings. It took me another month to read through Mother's words completely and yet another to understand what she'd written there. Dense couplets of archaic language. But once I'd learned to look through that, it seemed so simple how she'd written it. For want of another word, Mother had written a spell book. Each section had a different theme a new stage of development. Each chapter took me into a different place in myself to find out what I needed to know. And equally as important, what I needed to do to progress. Some of it I thought I knew already, but I knew it with my head, not with my heart. I knew it intellectually, but I didn't feel it did not believe I could make these things happen. I worked my way through the spells and incantations, through the rituals and the rites of passage, from one mental space into another, until I arrived out at the other end. The first section was the traveller, the self in motion. The others form the journey. Simple. One new attitude. Twelve stages to the journey and a single final destination, the source.
Each stage had a story and a ritual connected with it. Each one was a separate lesson in itself. Each one was connected to the one before, like links in a chain. Each linked to the phases of the moon. And as she waxes and wanes, her power feeds into the source. Waiting until the moon is ready for you is a very important part of making your connection to the source unforced. Natural. A number of the stages require you to go into yourself, something I'd already trained myself to do with hypnosis. There was no reason to wait now. I was ready to give magic a chance. So I did just that. I worked my way through the books, trance by trance, ritual by ritual, rite by rite, and with each link in the chain, got closer to my goals. By the end of 18 months, I had it all. It came as a complete shock to me, the books, the TV series, the houses, the lover. Mother had been as good as her promise. She'd said that all I needed to do was listen to her and she'd bring the magic to me. And it was time to keep my promise to her. I decided that the first book would be the one which told the world how I transformed my life. How to be amazing, it's called. Transform your life with hypnosis, was the subtitle. Neat, I thought. I realised that the title didn't have the word magic in it, but that wouldn't matter. People who bought it would be able to read it. And by using the self-hypnosis audio, they'd be able to link it in with the magic. Okay, so it was my story, rather than mother's, but I consider that most people out there wouldn't understand it if I wrote the message straight from mother's hand. It'd work better if it was my story. People would be able to relate to it and then bring magic into their lives without even knowing what they were doing. The book sold well. It worked for those people who read it and listened to the audio properly. Interestingly, quite a few men bought it. Not the usual self-help market, but I persuaded myself it was a practical style of writing that worked for them. And all the way through, I convinced myself that the readers would be able to connect to the magic beneath. I had fulfilled my part of the bargain. I had shared the magic. Blissfully happy, I worked on the TV series. As it turned out, this was a classic case of be careful what you wish for, as it wasn't the most happy experience for me. The media world is a strange one, with its own languages and rituals, and to be absolutely truthful, I really didn't belong. It showed me how naive I was, even though I thought I was quite savvy, quite streetwise. Oh no, I wasn't. Besides, the programme didn't really fit the scheme of things for me. It was more of a modern wish. Make me famous. 
without actually thinking it through. Especially when they changed the title at the 11th hour to include the word sex. I realised I was on a runaway train then. So I took it as an interesting experience. And when people came and talked to me about other TV projects, they were genuinely surprised when I said I wasn't at all bothered. I wasn't in that space anymore. Being on TV wasn't all it was cracked up to be. And it taught me that there were layers upon layers of people who were so involved with themselves that nothing else mattered to them. There were, on the other hand, some truly lovely and genuine ones in that world. But these were the ones who didn't define themselves by their work. No surprise, they were mothers, all of them. Do you know, I sometimes wondered what they would have thought if I told them that I conjured them all up from a 500-year-old spell. I'm sure that some of them would not have hesitated in telling me there was a possible series in it and they'd have their people call my people to set up a meeting. And I thought I lived in a strange world. Filming over, I went back to work and concentrated on my clients. At least, that was the intention. Within weeks of the programme, I was paralysed with back pain. Literally. Taken to St Mary's Hospital in Paddington, in an emergency ambulance, screaming my head off. Not very dignified and completely out of the blue. I hadn't done anything to cause it as far as I knew, and it was horrible. For three weeks, I lay on my back, unable to move. One way to test a new relationship is to be completely helpless and screaming pathetically in pain, needing help to put your knickers on. Thankfully, I'd chosen well, and the relationship strengthened rather than weakened as a result. My back, however, did not. And despite any number of tests, the doctors couldn't find a cause for my pain. I waited. I had a horrible feeling of foreboding that I was about to find out what this was all about. On the 21st day of being imprisoned by pain, I felt, rather than saw her arrive, She sat on the bed and stared at me, until I closed my eyes to see her properly. Well, well, child. Her tone was gentle, but her look was not. You couldn't resist it, could you? I could feel myself blushing like a ten-year-old, and behaving like one. What do you mean? I played for time. The book. You couldn't just do what I asked, could you? You had to tamper and tinker with it. You had to make it male. You stripped out the magic and left the mechanics. You served the recipe and not the dish. 
I tried to sit up and defend myself and yelped immediately, falling back onto the bed. I put it out there, just as I had done it. I thought that's what you wanted, I cried. You wanted me to share it. I could feel a tear leaking out of my eye. I meant well. I thought that if I wrote it, just as you told me, then no one would want to read it. No one would believe it. You meant well. Listen to yourself. So you thought that people are too stupid to recognise real magic when they see it. That they wouldn't want it. She was getting really angry now, and I did not want to be in the same room as her. But I couldn't move. Couldn't get away from the growing storm of her fury. A window has finally opened up in the mind of the populace, and you refuse to acknowledge it? How many books and programmes and magazines do you see all around you with magic in them? Psychics and mediums, angel guides and tarot readers, they're everywhere. It is time to blast out the wheat from the chaff and expose the fakes by proving that the truly magical exists within all of us. You thought you knew better. She screamed the last phrase in true banshee style and I hid under the covers. The storm of her anger showed no sign of abating. I stayed beneath the sheets and waited. And waited. I knew better than to try to defend myself because she was absolutely correct. I had tinkered. I had decided to write my book rather than hers. I thought it would get the message across more effectively. However, in my heart of hearts, I knew that this was about my fear. I still could not let go of the logical male teachings that had wrapped themselves around my heart, stifling its desire for magic. I thought that if I put out the book in its entirety, as it had been told to me, and told precisely how I got hold of this knowledge, then I'd be professionally ruined, that my life as I knew it would end, all of the wonderful things which I'd magicked into my life would turn to dust and disappear, and I'd be returned back to the life from before. Honestly, I was too afraid to trust the magic completely and share it with others. The storm finally abated. I lay still on the bed, waiting. I will write the book. I'll write out all the spells just as you told them to me and exactly as I used them. I won't mess with them in any way. And still a part of me was saying, you do realise that people will think you've lost the plot. I tried to hide that voice from Mother, but she heard it loud and clear. Haven't you seen enough yet to trust the magic? When you are ready to truly share it with others, 
and not carry the whole load yourself, then your back will free itself from pain. With that, she left. I opened my eyes and waited. I could feel no pain in my back while I lay still and was too afraid to try to move. When eventually I plucked up the courage to try and stand, there was no pain. I sat on the edge of the bed, something I'd been unable to do for weeks. No pain. I stood up shakily. No pain. I walked around the house, slowly. If you've never been in chronic pain, you will not understand the euphoria which I experienced that day. To be able to move around without pain was just the most incredible sensation I had ever felt. I knew I had no choice then. I had no choice but to keep my promise to her. She had released me. Three weeks on, and a number of visits to the back specialists, who still had no idea as to what had happened to me, I was back at my desk, writing. I copied out her words exactly as she gave them to me, and put down how I had applied her words, and what were the results in my life. Warts and all. Funny that, when we say warts and all, we mean complete honesty. Funny how artists always give witches. Walls. I digress for a moment. The truth is that there is a tiny part of me holding back, afraid of what I'm about to unleash. Give over, as Mother said to me when she spotted this reticence. That's your vanity gabbing, that is. You just like the idea of being the only one with a secret. Share it, or the power within you will die. Remember, present has two meanings, the here and now, and gift. That much I do know with certainty. The power will only truly work when you share it. Something that men who had lost their connection with Mother Earth and Sister Moon seem unable to do. And that's been their undoing. Magic is a peculiar thing. At the same time as yearning for its existence, we take care to ignore its occurrence. Remarkable, really, except when you remember we're all products of our environment. However much we'd like to think that we're all unique and individual creatures capable of independent thought and action, it is, sadly, not the case. Most of us allow ourselves to take the path of least resistance and we end up with an approximation of what we thought our lives were going to contain. House, partner, job, maybe children, holiday twice a year if we're lucky and the prospect of getting older while we do it. If anything out of the ordinary happens to us, we either put it down to a fluke or luck or we ignore it as a missed opportunity. Unless, that is, if we win the lottery.
If that happened, of course, everything would be completely different. For those people who have suddenly and unexpectedly come into money, and I've treated a few of them professionally, the money does not necessarily make life better. Indeed, there is the knowledge that you have financial security and that you don't have to work anymore if you don't want to. But with the money comes any number of unforeseen problems. Some people would call them superior problems as they didn't exist before the money came along, but they are an additional two rather than replacing any problems already in place. A bad relationship, poor mental or physical health, and any number of other problems are not suddenly fixed by the money. They can be coped with better sometimes, of course, but not necessarily mended. Often poor relationships get worse when the money comes in because the person who's now rich is no longer prepared to work at it and jumps into a new relationship with the same bad attitude. In that case, what if, instead of money, and you can have that too, but we'll come to it later, magic came into your life, the power to create a new life for yourself? What will be different then? From personal experience, I can tell you that not everyone is ready to acknowledge even the existence of magic, let alone to realise its potential to transform lives. But let's just suspend disbelief for a moment and pretend you were prepared to become magical. What would happen? Well, first of all, you'd no longer be able to fool yourself into believing there's only one version of reality, one way of doing things. You'd have to take responsibility for your mistakes, your actions, and start to believe in yourself and your ability to take control in your life. This having been said, once you can do these things, you can become a truly magical creature. The sort of person who makes wonderful things happen. I know. I can do this. Magic is beautiful and creative, and it is the remarkable people who walk around this earth today who do this magic. These are the magnetic people, the ones you want to be around. The more of us that get involved, the more wonderful our lives can become. And I know what you're thinking. You want to believe, but you don't dare. You may even be afraid that people will laugh at you. This is because you live in a rational, logical world. Really? Have you looked around lately? You may have the sneaking feeling that magic is for weird people, not for successful ones. You are wrong. And I'll prove it to you through the pages of the book. All you have to do is continue to listen. So how do I define magic? One of the simplest definitions I found was on Princeton University website. It reads, magic is any art that invokes supernatural powers. No cloak, no calling of diabolical spirits, no evil. 
Magic is not anti-society or anti-religion. It crosses all borders. True magic is by definition natural. Just because the word super comes in front of it doesn't mean it's against nature, far from it. It's an enhancement of all that is natural. We've been taught to fear magic because it defies description or it's been distorted. And over the millennia, anything which cannot be absorbed by organised religion or society has been destroyed by it, or at least they've tried. There have been many attempts to destroy magic in its truest form, and it's always quietly reasserted itself. Like a weed. Natural, strong, but men didn't cultivate it, so they don't want it there and will do everything to replace, disguise or kill it if they can. It doesn't matter if that weed can heal. There are people who will still attempt to destroy its power. And so I wrote for two reasons. First of all, I had no choice. Mother Shipton made me. Second, because I have a gift. One which allows me to enter freely the landscape of my inner self. Maybe Mother guided me towards that too. I'm not so sure about that one. Either way, it was my way into being able to listen to Mother. That gift of using genuine trance, the real McCoy. If you want, I'll show you how to control it to access your magical self. And, just as important... Believe in your own potential to create magical change within and around you. By using a trance state properly, you're not just going through the motions, but you're connecting to your inner self in a way that will truly astound you. It's an entrance. Entrance. A passage from one space to another, and the other meaning to fill with wonder, to enchant. One word, two meanings. Both meanings meet together at the doorway to your mind. For me, I use hypnosis to enter trance in a safe and controlled manner. It is the doorway to my dreams. There's nothing to fear here. There are many pathways through our memories and I'll guide you through them in a way that can only enhance your life. You'll be completely in control when you do this, and that control will increase as you practice mind magic. True magic, however, requires rites and rituals. The rites are real and are events in your daily life, and the rituals are the symbols of change and are meant to punctuate the rites. Nothing in this book is difficult or time-consuming. You can and you will do the things which will carry you to the source. Only if you choose to. Remember, most things in life are a choice. It's just that some of us choose not to see the alternatives. And so, here is where your story can begin.
Times when we are feeling